Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Except today, Shea Cornett and Amber Wilson are filling in for the dudes, but Chris Carlin uh, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And I'm glad I know this now, Carlin, that I should just maybe lock my 14-month-old into a closet because he's not going to remember it anyways. Like, let's him just, like, be blindfolded in a closet and not know what's going on because he's not going to remember it, right? Well, That's I, a better plan. I feel like the editing there was a little out of context. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, like, he's like, oh, no. Intel, blame the editing. <laughs> he's like, what's <laughs> happening? Um, anyways, this is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, Shay Cornette, Amber Wilson, and Chris Carlin here with us. Let's rewind to last night. The, this weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you could save. And so here we are looking at how the weekend kind of kicked off, and we're going to start it off on a Thursday with the NBA draft. Um, before we get into what the Knicks did and, and the New York take on all this, because there's a lot of layers to that. Let's start with the one through three situation and Paulo Bancaro going number one overall. Um, were you disgruntled with this situation or does it make no difference? Was it weird to you? What did you think of the number one overall pick in the Orlando? Orlando I thought it was odd, but I guess here's what I would say. Two things. Number one, with Jabari Smith, I always hate hearing the comps because that's always going to make you think a certain way about a guy. Right. And the comp I kept hearing for him is Kevin Durant. You can't think that he's going to be Kevin Durant. If he was going to be Kevin Durant, everybody would have been trading up to try to get him. And, you know, that would have been and also obviously buying lottery tickets. Like, no yes, one knows just, what's, yeah. what's going to happen. But at the same time, the other thing that you heard about him is that, you know, maybe with his motor, he didn't play the hardest all the time. And then Bancaro plays hard, but defensively nowhere near what Jabari Smith could be. It feels like more than ever with these three players that everybody was high on their skills, but not really wanting to commit on uh, on pl- these guys being high level great players in the league. It just felt like I don't know. It was unexciting to me, at least, that uh, you had these three guys as the top three players in the draft, and we were not hearing like. This guy's going to be unbelievable in the league. You know what I mean? There was nobody who was really jumping off the page and and couldn't wait to see what these guys can do. That's so, what's so funny, by the way, about that Kevin Durant comparison, right? Like, yeah, it, all you heard about this draft was that nobody's really jumping off the page. You know, I, I find those three kind of collectively, but no, there's no Zion Williamson in this draft. But oh, by the way, we're still comparing <laughs> Jabari to Kevin Durant. It yes. seems it seems <laughs> strange the way the coverage has gone surrounding this draft. Yeah, it it was bizarre. And and frankly, the guy that I was most excited to see where he was going was Jaden Ivey mm-hmm. because I just uh, – he's so explosive. 
I, I love watching him play. I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball and seeing him play at Purdue a lot. And there, there have been t- the two fastest guys I ever saw in person on the court, Kemba Walker when he was a, a freshman at UConn and Jaden Ivey. I mean, so I'm, I'm excited to see. I mean, I think the Pistons did incredibly well last night. Uh, it just yeah. to have him and Jalen Duran end up with Cade Cunningham, like they have really, I think, a very good core of something for the long term. Yeah, I agree. Amber, go ahead. Well, we have to get into this Knicks situation at some point, Chris. So let's go ahead and hop into it. Now, a lot of people were really, really upset with what the Knicks did last night. They end up not drafting at 11th. They end up shedding Kemba Walker's salary, clearing like $18 million in cap space. They do get three picks and returns, but they're lottery protected or projected to be near the end of the draft order. A lot of people are down on the Knicks. I actually am not quite as down on the Knicks, Chris. So what is your take on this? I think it's easy to pile on because it's it's the Knicks. But, I mean, the 11th pick, I we're acting like they gave up the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually not that down on it either. My, my I'm just, I don't want to say confused by it. I I guess this is one of those times where, it's just an incomplete. I don't know what it is yet. Um, I am bothered by one thing, that you have to take Kemba Walker, who was signed last year, and you would know what he was in terms of his knees and all of that last year, and now you have to take a first-round pick and attach it to him just to get rid of him. That, to me, speaks to a larger problem uh, with what management did with him from last year. Now, having said that, I mean, the two first-round picks that are heavily protected, they're just there to be more assets to trade away mm-hmm. when a, a superstar becomes disgruntled. But I, I still – my biggest thing with the Knicks right now, it's still not an attractive place to be. And okay, but, but Carlin, so do you – are you not on the bandwagon that the Knicks are going to go get Jalen Brunson? Because that's what everyone – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you okay? K with all of this movement for Jalen Brunson, not as necessarily a superstar like you just said. Yeah, I, I like Jalen Brunson, and if he's going to help R.J. Barrett's development, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Jalen Brunson is everything that you build your offseason around. Right. You know, right. I, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, but, for instance, and Grant, I think they probably tried to do everything within reason to get Jaden Ivey in a trade, and that just wasn't going to happen. So um, now it's Brunson, and look, he he will make them better, but Canty and I were semi-arguing about this this morning. Like he said, well, he makes them a playoff team. I, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he makes them a playoff team immediately. Might make them a play-in team, but the one thing that's clear is what happened a year ago when they played as hard as they did defensively and did – all that to get to 40 wins in the, and had Julius in the fourth seed. It was fool's super, gold. Right, right. To see that. I agree. Um, we're talking to Chris Carlin right now. He hosts this show here, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys, though, today. But Carlin obviously taking some time here to join us after last night. Um, in the midst of all the draft talk and obviously what the Knicks are perhaps going to do and what they might do, there's also news, obviously, that comes along with the Nets because, of course, there is, especially on draft day. And so now apparently Kyrie Irving has a list of places he could potentially go. He has a, until Wednesday to make a decision if he is either going to become a free agent or – 
stick along with the Nets. And so all of this speculation really just had me scratching my head, Carlin, because I'm like, why is this happening today? Why are we talking about this today? Why? Mm. Because it's Kyrie Irving and the Nets. But nonetheless, do you think he goes to this list that was released yesterday? Do you think he stays with the Nets? Is this a dumpster fire waiting to happen? What's your take on the whole situation? Can my answer be yes (laughs) to all of it? Yep. My thing is, everybody uses that line from from Batman. Some people just want to see the world burn. Like, I want to see this world burn. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I am here for all of the drama around this, and I want to see it explode. Um, I think that if we're going to try to start predicting what Kyrie Irving is going to do, we're running a fool's errand. He will probably opt back into the contract, but I don't know if that means that they're going to trade him away or what they're going to do at that point. I think they'd be thrilled if he opted back in and just took the one year and then they could go from there. But um, I, I, man, I just want to see the, all the dominoes fall. I want to see him. Oh, okay, Durant. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I, he said? <laughs> I, I want to see him go somewhere else. And then I want to see Durant demand a trade and that they, they have put this all together. Boy, I mean, we all have people in our lives that we have blind spots for. Durant's blind spot for Kyrie, I mean, it's not a blind spot. It's just blind. I mean, I don't know how he continues to support him the way that he does in, in every single way that he has let him down over the last couple of years. Yeah. No, I. it's not just him, too. To me, it's a lot of that organization, like – this is just and, and I I actually I find myself kind of feeling bad for Kevin Durant. Like he didn't ask for all this. It's constantly something. Like I have fatigue with it. I can only imagine how he feels like being asked about it everyone else's problems day after day. So I don't know. I'm kind of with you. Like I'm I don't have hatred for the Brooklyn Nets, but I'm just sick of talking about them all the time. It's it's the most disappointing squad and scenario that I could ever dream up. Carlin, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. I know it's been a week, and we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Am, am I supposed to – just briefly, Yeah. for this three-year-old's birthday party tomorrow, like – Bring a gift. Yeah, so well, I'm going to bring a gift. I mean, okay. I'm not, you know – but, I mean, can I – do I bring a 12 pack? It's mostly too? for you. Yeah. Yes. It's mostly yes, for you. It's mostly for the pack. parents. Here's because uh, Carlin, you're not a parent. I have a th- I have a son who just turned three. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I'm coming off of this exact scenario. And yes, he will not remember it, but the parents remember him enjoying it. So that is right. what it's it about is, the right? Parents. It's it's about the parents, but it's also about the parents living vicariously through their children. Even if the children won't have a long-term memory of it, the parents will forever remember watching their child enjoy the creepy clown who I heard you say on Greeny when I was listening live to you is going to make an appearance at this yeah, birthday. And by the way, nouveau clown? Like, that's I don't know a if thing? it's nouveau, but questions. like that was just the word I used. But it was like, it's like a clown that doesn't wear the makeup. Like, I don't even know what that is. I don't either. And that just sounds like a creepy dude. That, sound, <laughs> that's that, creepy is, dude that is weird. I don't know about that. But bring the more the reason to bring the six, maybe a 12 back just to like ease the nerves. A also, bit, maybe more the a good reason that this child's not going to remember this birthday. Party. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe ultimately a good thing. (laughs) I hope not. Uh, Carlin, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. See you later. That's Chris Carlin. He hosts this show right here, Candy and Carlin, on ESPN Radio today. Shea Cornette, Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. Um, Could you envision Kevin Durant perhaps wanting out of Brooklyn? I could after this complete disaster and dumpster fire that keeps somehow being reignited. Um, If so, would his time in Brooklyn be considered a failure? We'll talk about that next. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right. Kevin Durant got a lot of flack, right, when he left Oklahoma City and then he went to the Warriors. Then they chip up, they win. Um, you know, not without some controversy, though, with the Achilles and everything else. He leaves there, he goes to Brooklyn. And now, with all the speculation that we're hearing over the last 24 hours, could he potentially be on his way out? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. Filling in for the guys today, I am Shay Cornette, Amber Wilson here as well. So, yeah, you're probably listening like, I don't hear Canty and Carlin. Nope, you don't. You hear two females instead in Shay and Amber. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be. And so if you think back at the time that Kevin Durant now has spent in Brooklyn, a a reminder to everyone, Amber, like this is a team that when assembled in the very beginning, uh, I mean, we were talking about it potentially becoming a dynasty at some point, right? Like winning multiple chips over multiple seasons. And if they didn't win a championship, even in that first year, that was going to be considered a disappointment. Well, here we are two years later. There have been multiple injuries. James Harden has been shipped out of town. Ben Ben Simmons has been shipped in. And the Brooklyn Nets have won essentially one playoff series. Okay? Now, you could argue they were close to winning two if Kevin Durant's shoe size was smaller. I don't want to hear it. They got swept this year, and it's a mess. And now you have Kyrie Irving with a list of potential teams he could be going to, a decision coming down in the next week. And I actually feel bad for Kevin Durant. And so if we take a step back, forget if it, it, forget what happens here. If, if this whole thing blows up, despite where he might go and what might happen, would his time in Brooklyn, would Kevin Durant's time in Brooklyn be considered a failure? What do you think, Amber? I think you could argue that it's a win for Kevin Durant that he's now seen as a sympathetic figure and certainly not something that would have occurred if he had stayed with the Warriors, right? Because coming off of his tenure with the Warriors, even though mission accomplished and he gets a couple rings with that team, everybody had so much such a visceral reaction, I feel like, to Kevin Durant. And, and and it extended beyond just him winning a 72 win team or him joining a 72 win team, but also just his conduct on social media. And whenever there's greatness anyways, it brings the scrutiny, right? But Kevin Durant is one who kind of walks into it and encourages it in many ways uh, because he, he goes back at it, and, and frankly, and, and because he engages with it. And because of that, I do think that he had become a bit of an unlikable figure, one that was easy to hate. And then he leaves and goes to the Nets and your team teaming up with Kyrie and Kyrie of course is a controversial figure and then enter James Harden who's another controversial player and there was a lot of reasons there that people would pile on KD and I'm I'm with you at this point Kevin Durant has become the sympathetic figure somehow when really of course he's always been the best player on that team he's always been the face of the franchise and and maybe more onus sh- should be put on him but it's because of everything that has happened around him over the last couple of years since he's been in that position, and particularly when it comes to Kyrie, that I think we're all left thinking, hey, even with KD's greatness, like there's only so much one man can take, you know? And so because of that, Shay, I think it's a bit of a win, I guess, maybe in the court of public opinion that you and I are sitting here and kind of feeling bad for Kevin Durant. That's not something yeah, that would have happened think, three years ago, frankly. But do you think like his time in 
Brooklyn, like when all is said and done and, and, you know, we're talking about Kevin Durant, the hall of famer or whatever, like his time in Brooklyn will be considered like he shouldn't have done that. That was, oh, that was a failure. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's funny because with all this scrutiny that surrounds Kevin Durant, like, he was darned if he didn't, darned if he didn't. Like, if he had stayed with the Warriors, they would have probably won far more championships than this season, right? They probably wouldn't have had to take the few years off mm-hmm. they took there between championships. They could have been a true dynasty and done it probably the whole way through. He would have never gotten the credit for it. Even if he was winning finals MVP every single time over Steph, he would have never really gotten the credit for it because he joined such a good team. And it was that scrutiny that caused him to leave and maybe also relationships there Draymond yada yada but I think it was really the scrutiny where KD heard all the noise and so he thought okay I have to go do it on my own and so he went and put his own team together to essentially try to do it on his own and it has backfired in a big way so him taking the harder path the path less traveled has resulted in it being a much harder path and it's interesting then that that will become the failure and I don't think it's entirely fair to him because I don't know if we can chastise him for taking the easy path and then simultaneously chastise him for taking the harder path and it not working out, which is what we do with Kevin Durant. See, I think that it will be viewed as a failure because um, I know he didn't like handpick and it wasn't his first choice in, Ky- in Kyrie Irving, but he thought, along with the rest of us, I mean, I'm not blaming him for this, that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and James Harden were going to go and win chips, and they didn't. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to carry the load, and he tried, I'm, I, but he wasn't. And I think the whole situation, from perhaps even blame on the head coach to the way this was assembled to the departures to how everything shakes out, like, sorry, it's on Kevin Durant, too. It's on everyone there. And Kevin Durant, um, you know, I, 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 he had his podcast yesterday, and that's why I joked with Carl in the last segment like how he's kind of playing Switzerland because that's what Durant did he's like I just want to see how this shakes out with Kyrie Irving like well Durant like this is this is part of your legacy and part of what happens with you too the way this all shakes out with Kyrie Irving and so that's unfortunate but that's the card that he was dealt and that he was okay with and so if everyone departs after two years and only winning one series in the postseason like to me, yep, that's going to be considered a failure for Kevin Durant. And we that's could say that we'll, we will probably say that his time in Brooklyn was a failure. But yes. say at the end of the day, like with all of this, I mean, Kevin Durant, what's his legacy at the end of the day? Like if his career ended tomorrow, his legacy is still, you know, one of the best players of this generation, right? And a future mm-hmm. Hall of Famer easily, hands down. So from that respect, it doesn't really impact anything. But we will talk about this specific era as a failure of his yeah, career. Yeah, fair enough. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears. We're going to the NFL. Um, and and the situation with Deshaun Watson. At this point now, we know some charges were dropped. We'll dive into that. But does that mean that Deshaun Watson will be suspended for the entirety of next season? More or less, we'll talk about it. But first, this read from Indeed here. If the June tune requires you to hire soon, then Indeed would be a boon. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software or to cell phone. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all on the Indeed website. All you got to do to get started is go to Indeed.com slash credit. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What is going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Who is going to quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? That is the question. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance today. I am Shay Cornette and Amber Wilson. We're filling in for the dudes this afternoon. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call on that CC call online. It's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm going to lean a little bit here on Amber because obviously she has a legal background and understands far more than I do in terms of the logistics here and what's going on with Deshaun Watson. But the question is, is how long is he going to be suspended for? And there have been some reports floating out today that it's kind of starting at a year, which I think is what we've all kind of been assuming over the last couple of days. And since more and more women came forward and, you know, we're throwing out things here in terms of what had gone on between them and Deshaun Watson. And so, we're wondering when that suspension is going to come down. Amber, I've been saying for, for weeks now that I think it has taken far too long. But nonetheless, it feels like it is it is getting closer and closer. We also learned earlier this week that Deshaun has settled 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits that were accusing him of sexual misconduct. But again, we don't know what the discipline will be from the NFL. We know the amount of money he was given, an astronomical amount of guaranteed money up front. And now he has become the new face of the Cleveland Browns for better or for worse. Uh, in my opinion, what I've thought and I still think is that he won't be suspended for the entirety of a season. Um, that has nothing to do with my personal opinion in terms of what I, how long he should be suspended for. That's just my gut instincts because of the way this has all kind of gone down. Um, but now we're hearing again from some sources that, that there's negotiations, whatever that means, starting at around a season. Could potentially the NFL suspend him indefinitely? Could the NFL suspend him for something like, I don't know, 20 games where it would bleed into next season potentially unless I don't know how that works with the postseason? I don't know. But the jury is still out. But I definitely think the fact that 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits have been settled um, does maybe change things for the NFL? I'm not entirely sure, Amber. Yeah, and I've seen those rumors today, too. I don't know who's negotiating in that scenario. I mean, the NFL conducts an investigation and then issues a suspension. Then after that, once the suspension's issued, there is a uh, means for Watson lawyers to get involved and to try to essentially like an appeal type process uh, where you're trying to get reconsideration of the suspension. Maybe there would be some discussions there. Uh, but I, I think that really the long and the short of it, Shay, is that nobody knows yet. And, and so far it either hasn't come down or, or we're not aware of it if it has. I know the NFLPA is apparently reportedly concerned that the suspension will be for the entire 2022, 2020 season if not indefinitely so there's a concern that it could even extend beyond this 
league year. I, I think what's interesting about this situation is the way that the Browns also structured this contract signifies, Shay, that they were even anticipating that it could be a year-long type of suspension and that maybe Watson was anticipating it could be a year-long type of suspension. That's why they backload the contract so much. Hey, I only lose a million dollars. They suspend me for the season. But also the NFL is aware of that. And does it have any impact on how they navigate this in terms of punishment? Because do they feel like, hey, it's not enough punishment. It's not hitting you enough in the pocketbook because of the way you structured your contract. We don't want people, we don't want players being able to restructure their contracts or structure their new contracts in order to essentially avoid suspension from a financial perspective. And Deshaun Watson's not the first player in the NFL, by the way, to do that move, to know that there's a suspension probably coming down because he's being investigated. And so he works with a team to circumvent essentially the impact of that felt from a financial situation. But Deshaun Watson's the most high profile and largest contract, of course, because the largest contract in NFL history. So we were talking the most money that has ever been a stake in doing just that. And he's such a high profile player, Shay, that the NFL has to do something here, right? To, uh, I would imagine from the optics of it to look like they brought the hammer down on Deshaun Watson. And if he's suspended for a year, he only makes a million dollars. I don't know if it accomplishes that goal, frankly. Look, I, when you hear that he settled 20 out of the 24 civil lawsuits, like my initial gut reaction is like, really? But you have to still really? remember something. Yes, because I, I mean, no, no, no. Like this, I think the lawyer in me was like, of course, I've been saying it since day one that these actions were filed. He's going to settle. And everyone's like, sure. Both sides say they're not going to settle. I'm like, they're going to settle. Everybody settles. It's civil cases. Everyone's going to settle. And it's not it doesn't mean whether he did or did not do these things. Frankly, everybody settles uh, because only less than two percent of civil cases ever go to trial. Right. But the like woman in me was like, really? Are we, you know what I mean? Like, is this really how it's going to go? But then we have to remember this. I think we had been hearing these numbers like 24, 20 uh, civil cases, 22 civil cases, 24 civil cases. And then we hear like four left and it feels like such a small number. If this was a brand new situation and we heard four cases were filed against someone, we'd be like, oh my goodness, four cases. But there's been so many with Deshaun Watson that now four left feels so small. And so I think that that's Something also we need to keep in mind. I, I'm just throwing that out there. In terms of what the NFL is going to do, again, I go back to this. It's fake, taken far too long. However, I, I also do know that once he is suspended, he is suspended. He cannot be around the team. He cannot pr- practice with the team. He cannot do all these things. I don't know if the NFL is like throwing the Cleveland Browns a bone and letting him kind of get, get acclimated in terms of being around the team for mini camps and OTAs and whatever else. And then they're going to come down with the suspension. And maybe I'm assuming, I think, from everything we're hearing from Jeremy Fowler and everyone, all the other insiders that have the pulse on this, it'll come down before the Browns start training camp, which is on July 27th. Um, fan base, the fan base can't actually attend minicamp until, I believe, July 30th. So we're approaching that date now. And so we're waiting to hear what the NFL is going to do. And if it's going to be before training camp starts and the suspension is going to come down, then Deshaun Watson is going to disappear for the, you know, however long it may be, whether that's 10 games, 15 games, the entirety of a season. But, Amber, maybe you can help me understand, and I don't know if you know this or not, but, like, can they – could they suspend him indefinitely? Could they suspend him into next season? 
Well, they could, uh, theoretically speaking, yes. Here's the problem with this situation. We've never seen this, Shay. Like, there's nothing to compare this to, right? right? I mean, who's the other guy in NFL history who has, you know, the 24, 20, the total number is, what, 25, I think, overall, uh, plus the 24 civil actions of women accusing that player of sexual misconduct or sexual assault. Like, there's just nothing to really compare this situation to. We can bring up the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world. The numerous allegations, of course, uh, differentiate that situation from this one now how much credence does the nfl put on that is the nfl is it like i i could see this weird world too where the nfl like do you want to get into disciplining how many women oh well if it's only five women who are alleging you've committed sexual misconduct against them then it's okay but if it's 25 you know i mean you see what i'm saying like from the female perspective i'm sure both you and i can kind of see just like the ickiness of it all and and the optics of how that looks and so this is going to be a very historically unusual situation. And I think that's why I'm right. It already has been. And that's why, but in terms of like whatever punishment it is. And so that's why I actually don't fault the NFL for taking their time. I think they should take their time in this situation. And don't forget one of the reasons they had to take their time is because they couldn't even depose Deshaun Watson while he was being investigated criminally. That's NFL policy. And so they had to wait for the criminal allegations to clear up and for him not to end up being indicted for crimes before they move forward with their own investigation that was one of the delays I just, but it was just it's a lot for me to constantly see him in press conferences and talking about this and it's been that way since he was with the Texans and around the team and I know there's different levels to him going on the commissioner's exemplist but then at least he's getting paid and he's still around the team and he's not at the forefront of all these conversations and in everyone's face and I'm not saying that that, that, that means he's one way or the other it's just to constantly not be a to constantly be around it and be in the beginning of the com- and see him at practice and see it's like can we just make until we have all the facts and we come up with a decision it would be better if he was in the background and that's just that's just my opinion and that's what i mean by like some sort of decision or say something where you know i agree with you they needed all the facts and there were a lot of layers to it but that's that's what i thought should have happened a long time ago where at least it felt like it was a priority for for different kind of reasons. All right, we do need to take a time out. Again, Amber Wilson and Shea Cornette filling in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we're going to go to the NFL because Tyreek Hill says he's gotten death threats for the comments that he's made about the Kansas City Chiefs and, of, and about Patrick Mahomes. Is it fair? We'll talk about it next here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So Tyreek said on his newest episode of his podcast um, that he has recently received some death threats on all of his social media accounts for... I don't want to say criticism, but for how he spoke about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, And first, let me just say the way people act on social media is hilarious, like is such a joke because it's things that people, I hope, would never say to someone's face. And it's really unfair to those that are on the other side of it. Like it's it's silly. But I also will say this um, in terms of Tyreek Hill, and I've thought this for a long time, not about him, but I even say this to my husband, Amber. It's like not what you say, but it's how you say it, you know, and and Tyreek Hill was going on and on about, 
you know, how Tua Tungavailoa, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, you know, has a more accurate arm than than uh, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to struggle without him, and all these things that and maybe might be true. I don't know. I'm not in those facilities to understand that completely. But, like, dance with the girl that brought you. The Kansas City Chiefs have been very good to you. You won a championship there. You've got good friends there. People love you there. And it's like the way he was carrying on about it, clearly it rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed people the wrong way. And for a fan base like those Kansas City Chief fans are, we know how loud Arrowhead can get. We know how, how they are. It rubbed them the wrong way. The way they – death threats are never acceptable no matter what the situation is. But I understand people being upset or disgruntled. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, with death threat. I mean, wow. Listen, I if you know, send like, if you send Tyreek Hill or anybody in football death threats about anything football related, like, come on, you, you got to reevaluate your life uh, because agree. you can't handle your fandom. That's yeah. that's the truth. That's <laughs> exactly. the long and short of the matter. You just cannot. Uh, the you know what Tyreek Hill said was. The strongest arm belongs to Patrick Mahomes. And then he went on to say, though, like, for accuracy, I'll take Tua. And and frankly, Shay, and I'm a Dolphins fan, and I covered the Dolphins for a million years on Miami Sports Radio. And so I was very embedded down there in that community. I even worked for the Miami Dolphins in their legal office at one point. And, and what I'll tell you is that there's, you know, I, like with any NFL team, right, there's a bit of propaganda. There's a bit of, a, you know, a sales tactic, right? And the propaganda right now surrounding Tua Tungavaloa is that he's very accurate, <laughs> Because you got to come up with something to sell your fifth overall pick in the franchise in the face of your franchise. And he he may end up being, you know, a wonderful quarterback still. There's a lot of question marks surrounding Tua. Tyreek Hill knows that. Certainly Hill, his presence is going to help out Tua, of course, and hopefully they're great. But that's the thing that everybody says is that he's accurate. So I just felt like all he did, frankly, was repeat the talking point that's been the talking point of the Miami Dolphins for the last two years. And in turn, this is the reaction from the Kansas City Chiefs fans. And maybe they don't fully understand that he's just repeating a, ta- a Dolphins talking point. Like, it wasn't that serious. Yeah, Everyone knows just... Patrick Mahomes is better, Shay. Yeah, exactly. And, and for those that are throwing out death threats on social media, let's, let's check what's really important in life. We've got more Canty and Carlin coming up. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So I love this. And every time I talk to Buster only, uh, only, I should say, Amber, I sing this song because I uh, just reminds me of Buster. And so we're going to hear from Buster here. Our Buster only, not Buster Rhymes. I was going to say, which Buster? <laughs> Let's be clear. Buster, not Busta. Uh, this is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and on the ESPN Plus. Amber Wilson and Shay Cornette filling in for the guys this afternoon. You can join the conversation on that CC call in line. It's 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, so Aaron Judge settled with the Yankees earlier today in $19 million. It, inv- it avoided 
them having to sit in front of a Zoom for a lot of hours, apparently, um, in an arbitration case that we thought was going to have to go down today between Aaron Judge and the Yankees. That didn't end up happening. So he's owed some money, and now what will happen later on? Well, let's hear from Buster, who, of course, was on this show with Amber and I just an hour or two ago talking about all this, and this was right after this Aaron Judge news came down. So let's start with this, first of all, in terms of Aaron Judge and him betting on himself and how that will pay off in the long run. Here's Buster only. He bet big on himself, for sure. The Yankees, when they offered that $213.5 million, I had folks on both sides say, Look, a, a contract that was going to make him the second highest paid outfielder, higher than, than Mookie Betts, higher than Bryce Harper, higher than Giancarlo Stanton, lower than Mike Trout, um, you know, that was a, a pretty good offer from the Yankees. It was a fair offer, and Judge, as is his prerogative, absolutely bet on himself, and that's going to pay in some form or fashion. I think the question is going to be, uh, are the Yankees going to chase him uh, or – Will this play out a little bit like Albert Pools after the 2011 season where you have the face of a franchise who goes into free agency? And in that case, the Cardinals said no, and he wound up signing with the Angels. Yeah, I I just cannot see a scenario like that. Let's go one step further here. Stay with Buster um, because, Amber, you had a great follow-up, obviously, to that question in terms of, like, is this foreshadowing of how these negotiations are going to go? Because we obviously saw this arbitration case come basically down to the last minute when they finally decided to settle and Aaron judge walks away with $19 million. Is this a foreshadowing of the future? Again, here's Buster. They presented a few days ago, the idea of settling at the midpoint because judge had asked for seven or excuse me, judge had asked for 21 million. The Yankees had proposed 17 million. And so the Yankees proposed the midpoint in 19 million. And a few days ago, he said, no, um, you know, then they go along. Uh, there's conversations picked up again where, you know, the, I, I think they were trying to thread a needle and to try to figure out how could uh, they get this done so Aaron Judge wouldn't have to sit on a Zoom call for four to five hours and listen to the Yankees, you know, to potentially talk about what he hadn't accomplished in 2018, 2019. And so the Yankees add those two incentive clauses into their offer. Uh, $250,000 if he wins the MVP uh, this year, $250,000 if he wins the World Series MVP. And if you're Aaron Judge and you're right now sitting as a front runner for the American League MVP, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I, yeah. I want to have enough money in life, Shay Cornette, where <laughs> I can be like, you know what? I'll give up that extra $2 million that I'm going after here so I don't have to sit on this four-hour-long Zoom call. <laughs> I know what that's that be essentially nice? what Buster just said, right? Because Aaron so Judge right. was going for twenty-one million, they end up settling on nineteen million. It's like all right, I avoided the four to five hour Zoom call. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need those extra two mil. I'm just gonna it nice. call it what it is. It must be nice. Um, but I do think it's interesting, like because look, and I, I said this earlier, but Aaron Judge now to me. There is millions and millions and millions. You could argue hundreds of millions of dollars riding on the fact that if Aaron Judge stays healthy, he's having an amazing season. The Yankees have the best win total in all of the majors. Um, They're on a crazy projection right now for what they could become in the postseason. It's only June, um, almost July. But Aaron Judge staying healthy, remaining the face of that franchise, something he hasn't been able to do over the last couple of seasons is ride the wave for the entirety of the season. It's important this year because he bet on himself as he should. He's proving that he's worth it. Arbitration now, this whole situation is over. If he can stay healthy, this could be a huge buyout for Aaron Judge. And I hope the Yankees and him come to terms because he is the face of that franchise. And I'd like to see that continue. 
Yeah, 30 years old, he's having the best season of his career, batting 304, 27 homers, 53 rivies in 68 games for the, as you mentioned, Major League League leading Yankees uh, this season, and and that has everything to do with Aaron Judge. So right now, he has earned the money that's coming to him, and right now, he looks like a genius for turning down that $213.5 million contract offer from the Yankees that they made to him just before the season started. But this all comes down to health for Aaron Judge. I mean, I, I don't think that any of us have ever doubted that he's capable capable of this right and when he finished fourth in MVP voting last season but it's those 142 games that he missed between 2018 and 2020 it's those games that frankly have defined the career of Aaron Judge so yeah this is his best season at 30 years old but it's not because he took some massive leap in talent it's because right now he's out there playing baseball and right now he's healthy and this is what he looks like when he's healthy and we all know that the problem is Shay do you bet on the guy and you give him a three in front of the number which Buster Olney told me it's going to require when Aaron Judge has not always been healthy by any means in his career that's what the Yankees are going to be facing this offseason this is like a common theme with New York sports because we talked I I said the same thing with Kyrie Irving and I'm not I mean look Kyrie Irving and Aaron Judge are two very different characters in this situation but I'm like it's reliability like can you Mm -hmm. rely on these guys when it matters most when it comes down to postseason October baseball whatever it is like can you rely on him? Well, we'll see if this season he can continue on the track that he's in. He doesn't have to hit eight home runs every game. I'm exaggerating, of course. But just can he remain on the, the roster and stay healthy? Speaking of the Yankees, you can tune into an AL battle tomorrow as the Yankees host the Astros, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And so we've got much more. Candy and Carlin here coming up on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Shea Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys. Um, last night was the NBA, dra- NBA draft, and so we're asking, what is the end goal here for the Knicks after those draft night trades that have some of us very puzzled and confused? We'll talk about it next here on Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.